Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast in partnership with Najahi Events. More about them later. In today's episode of the podcast, we have the adorable, sweet and very kind Natasha Hamilton, the lead singer from Atomic Kitten with number one hits all over the world that became a mum and has now gone on her to have four children of her own. However, after leaving the band, she went into a very dark place. And it's that that I wanted to learn about. And today she's going to share her moving and heartfelt story with you. Let's cue the music. Natasha Hamilton. Wow, we've got a pop star on the show. <laughs> we have people from all walks of life, all backgrounds, billionaires we've had, and all kinds of crazy stuff from the world of business. The other day we had someone that was nearly as good looking as me that's taken the female, female blooming world by storm over the course of the last few months, 365 days. And now we have a bona fide number one, 10 million selling pop star on the podcast. Natasha, thank you so much for coming and joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm more of a part-time pop star. Actually, right now, I'm out, I'm out of work, pop star. Because <laughs> no one can sing anymore. Can you still sing or do you still like singing? I love singing. It's at, the past few months being in lockdown and all, all my concerts being cancelled has, has been quite difficult because that's my creative outlet, you know, that adrenaline rush, being on stage and... I've missed it so much. I cannot wait to, to get back out there. Okay, for the sake of my daughters and all of their mates and every other teenager in the UK and around the world right now, just give us a three minute elevator pitch of your background, where you're from and what you do. Okay, so my name is Natasha Hamilton. I was born and raised in Liverpool. At the tender age of 16, I signed a 1.5 million record deal with Virgin Records as part of the girl band Atomic Kitten. Um, we had okay success. The first three, four singles were like top 10. Um, but then Virgin had spent a hell of a lot of money on the Spice Girls come back. <laughs> and we're like, we need to get rid of some acts. So Atomic Kitten, you're out next if you don't get a number one. Luckily enough, we got a number one with the song Hole Again, which just went global. It's like number one in over 19 countries worldwide. Um, we went from a kind of mediocre lifestyle to uh, this insane um, global, just traveling the globe, private jets, you know, five star hotels, being styled by Dolce & Gabbana. Um, it really was like overnight success. It was the, that kind of dream that every young girl dreams of really. Um, but with that came a lot of pitfalls, the stress of being a, an, an idol at such a young age. You know, I was still making my own mistakes and trying to live my life. And I was still a teenager and the pressures became oh, yeah, quite intense. And then I became a mom quite young as well. And priorities totally changed. And then I just retreated. I spent many years just bringing up my family, trying to figure out who I am what I wanted and now I've got a really um, exciting and fulfilled career in the wellness industry. You, you shot to fame and so being famous is what so many people nowadays want to be 
Mm. And like being famous means something. And whether that's, you know, half a million followers on Instagram or whether that's on, on the TV or Carly D'Amelio or Charlie D'Amelio, sorry, on TikTok, it's mm. kind of like fame's really important to people today. I suppose it must have been important to lots of people for a long time, many generations. But right now it feels like people want to be famous for being famous. Is being famous cool? Is it cool? Um, it's hard work. Um, I think, you know, initially it's exciting, it's fun. Um, for me, I just always knew I was going to be a successful singer. It was not about the fame. I wasn't interested. I just wanted to be on stage, perform and show the world my voice. I, I got a bit more than that. <laughs> Back then though, we're talking 21 years, there wasn't social media. You didn't have, you weren't easily accessible. We were very much in a bubble. Um, but you, the other, what we did have was the media, the glare of the media's eye on us 24 seven. Um, little did we know at the time, but we were being listened into and voicemails intercepted. So we were very, we were a very paranoid band. Most people back then were because everything you did that was private ended up in the paper. And you'd be like, what the hell? So we were always like, there's a spy in the camp. We were always edgy, like, is this going to end up in the paper? And it was, we were, it was, we were baffled. We were so baffled for so many years. It, even to the point where you're thinking, are my bandmates saying something or they must have a best friend that they're telling everything to and they're going out and I don't know. It was just a really weird time. It was stressful. Um, we just felt like, I felt like I wasn't safe actually. So fame wasn't all it cracked up to be. <laughs> Did you make a lot of money? I made a lot of people a lot of money. I did okay. I did invest what I made into property, but then that, that all went uh, tits up <laughs> and uh, ended up with a lot of property that was, um, you know, in negative equity back in um, 2008. And yeah, you know, I've had, I thought it's been a journey. <laughs> I can imagine it has, you know, just from taking this. You, you, I want to talk to you about quite a few things. I want to talk to you about this kind of, when you stop singing, and by the way, I know you're in Blood Brothers. Yeah. That's, my, that's my favorite musical. Yeah. I, I was the only person to ever play Mrs. Johnson. Um, I went through a really grueling audition phase, actually, over weeks. I kept having to go back to London. They really pushed me. I'm not a trained actress, but I've got soul. I've got, um, I'm willing to learn. I'm very coachable. <laughs> So I was like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And Bill Kenwright really put me through my paces. And I got the role. And to be honest, it was the most terrifying thing I've ever taken on in my life. I had 10 days to learn the play and I was on stage. Wow. Yeah. So for people that don't know, it was a, obviously a West End success musical about two boys that were born and put into separate families, one a wealthy family and one a poor family in Liverpool when they were young. And uh, Mrs. Johnson plays the, the lead role. Uh, I suppose the narrator as well, he's got uh, an important part too, but um, what an epic show that was. And I tell you what, I must've seen that six times, seven times. 
So it's definitely one up, one up there for me. Okay, so you, you, you kind of transitioned from being a pop star. You've done some stuff on stage. There's various other solo bits and pieces that you've done. And that's well documented. Everyone can see that kind of stuff out there. That's, that's stuff we all know about you. The, the, something you said in a conversation which, which really kind of resonated with me and I think will resonate with a lot of people. It's like what you did afterwards. It's kind of like you went into a period of, of uh, almost like a wilderness period of not, not knowing who you were anymore. And yeah. the reason it really resonated with me is that in 2012, after 16 years of building a company, I was fired from the company that I was part responsible for building. And it had been my whole life. I'd never, I'd sacrificed time for my children. I'd traveled around the world. I'd lived in 10 countries, all this kind of stuff, all for the building of this company. And I was on gardening leave for a year, which meant I was paid a salary for a year not to go to work, which when I agreed to it, I thought was a good idea, but it was the most terrific thing possible. Um, and I went in, into this real dark space of not knowing who I was anymore and not knowing what I stood for anymore and not knowing what my value was and, and not, and I just thought nobody cared and nobody was interested in me anymore. And so when you explained that, and I don't know where it was you did, that, that, that what you explained took me straight to that place. So can you tell me what it was like for you? Um, it was really difficult because obviously once we, so we had five amazing years with Atomic Kitten, but then I had my son and I suffered really bad postnatal depression. And I just got to a point where no one was willing to give me time off to heal, to get better, to you know, go and have treatment, whatever it was I needed to do. It was like, well, no, like the show must go on. And I, at the tender age of 21 said, I'm not gonna do this anymore because I don't want my son seeing his mum cry every day. Cause that's what I was doing. I mean, he was only a baby at the time, but I was like, I don't want to affect him. So I left the band at the height of our career and no one supported me apart from my family. Uh, everyone was just like, what are you doing? Big mistake. It, my decision impacted greatly on everyone else around me. So everyone was like, kind of out of a job from my decision which I understand is tough cookie, like it's a tough bitter pill to swallow, but I wasn't well. No one was willing to give me, you know, a year out. So I kind of did that. And as I walked away, everyone else walked the other way. And this family that I'd accumulated over five years, all of a sudden weren't there. And I was like, from the age of 16 to 21, being told where to go, how to look, <laughs> you know, like literally my life was run by other people. And then I'm sat in my house with a baby with like no friends who were my, who've got children thinking, how do I integrate into the real world? You know, I'd walk down the street and everyone would be like, there's Natasha from the Tomic Kitten. And I, I was like, I just want to be normal. I want to make some friends. I want to go to play group. I want to be treated like a, a normal mum. And it just wasn't like that. And I just became quite insular and uh, you know, just went within myself. I lost a lot of my confidence. Um, lonely. Very lonely. Yeah. I mean, I had my children and that was lovely. And I had my family, like, thank God. Cause they, they've always been like my rock, but I just had no sense of purpose. Yes. My purpose was to be a mom. Right. It's, um, it's, it's like saying I was, 
I wasn't alone, but mm. I was lonely. Yeah, absolutely. It was, imagine like having this, like you've been idolized for five years and you know, you, you're doing this amazing career. And then the next minute you're like, oh, well, what else do I do? Well, I left school when I was 16. I didn't have the confidence to, at that time, go back into education. I just thought, oh God, I'd be like a freak show and the press would make a fun, like make a meal, like a, you know, a field out of it. I remember once I was like, someone took a picture of me and it was like, oh, the, forgot, the forgotten kitten. And that always, it really resonated with me because I was like, well, I'm just being, a, I'm bringing up my family. I just don't want to be in the limelight. But it was like, oh, who is she? Like, she's nobody. And it was like, it was like being stabbed through the heart. I was like, oh my God, like I'm a nobody, like I'm useless, I'm worthless. And, you know, like obviously I was going through a lot as well, like mentally and trying to figure out who it was. And when you read stuff like that, you it cuts deep and yeah, I just felt really lost. And, and did you seek help or did you just kind of like literally try and figure it out yourself? So through the years, I've done lots of different things. I've you know, been in and out of depression, anxiety. Um, I've done counseling. Um, I've done lots of different things to try and figure out who I am, where I need to go, um, who I, what I want from my future. And it's literally been a 15-year journey. It's, I've, it's not been a quick fix. I've had to work so hard. And especially I'd say the last two years is where I've kind of come into my own and that coincided with me cutting ties with my management who I'm still like she's one of my best friends I love her dearly but I was like I still felt like a baby in reins it was like has anyone phoned you know do I have a job you know does anyone want me and I was starting to do the jobs that was just really ridiculous because you have to become relevant. You have to stay, you know, in the public eye. And I was taking on jobs thinking, what the hell, what the hell am I doing? Like I went into Big Brother. Give me an example, like, well, like opening a supermarket. Uh, I went into Big Brother. That was just, that was for the money. Um, I've done like really bizarre photo shoots, like. <laughs> 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 one, one was um, Nicorette's, like Nicorette patches, like they were yeah. doing a campaign and I'd stopped smoking and I'd said, oh yeah, I don't smoke anymore. And they're like, oh, well, we, we'd like you to like be the ambassador for the new next campaign. And I was like, yeah, sure. Thinking, you know, it'll be a few radio interviews and whatnot. So I, I'm on this like bed and covered strategically in like Nicorette patches. <laughs> And I just remember thinking, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing here? <laughs> just, you know, random things. And you're just like, it's soul destroying. It's, I'm not even singing. I'm not even on stage doing what I want to do. I'm doing these other things. And don't get me wrong that, you know, they paid my bills. That was the main reason. It's like, it pays my bills. And, you know, when you're kind of living like that, it's, it, you, you, you get depressed. You don't want to just live to pay your bills. You want, you want to be passionate in a career that you love and that motivates you and like really inspires you and gives you that burning desire in your stomach. And I didn't have that for such a long time.
when when you when you did stuff like Big Brother, you know, you did it for the money. But were there any, were there any positives that came from that experience? Yeah, four weeks away from my ex. <laughs> <laughs> you got more you got more exes than a blooming tramp. <laughs> oh God, no, not my problem. It's theirs. <laughs> you were uh, you you seem to be. Um, somebody that doesn't seem to have the, the the best success with members of the opposite sex you've uh, you've you've gone down gone down a path maybe, maybe it's just like you know it's a menu you keep trying things and maybe you're you're, you're trying to find what tastes the best <laughs> you're making me sound really bad <laughs> i've had four relationships okay that might sound like a lot but i was in love you know i love these people and some worked and some were great and do you think though but do you know that we all fall in love and go through that but do you know what there's different times in our lives when we're in different spaces in our head when falling in love can be a whole lot easier mm. than other times and so we're you know we're, 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 there are times where we're more vulnerable so when we fall in love it's just an, an easier thing to go through the lust than the infatuation into love do you when you look back on those relationships you've had did you, do you recognize that there might have been times where that kind of stuff happened for you? Yeah, it, for me, I think it was like a safety blanket. It, I, I wasn't safe in, in my own world. So having someone else there made me feel safe. Mm, I understand that. I understand that. And do you, think, do you think that you're at that space right now in your life where, do you know what, if you have a man or you don't have a man, it actually doesn't matter because you're, you're, you're at peace with yourself? I'm tired of men. <laughs> like I'm okay. I'm I'm actually I'm I'm okay. I don't need a man, and I know that now. You're single at the moment. I am. How long have you been single for? Oh God, Spencer, uh, about six weeks. <laughs> I didn't realise it was six weeks. <laughs> okay, yeah, you can take a break right now then. <laughs> yeah, that that's a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might find out more about it. We'll see how this goes. So let's talk about the difference between purpose and meaning. Because I think a lot of the time we, we search for purpose in our life and we search kind of outwardly for purpose. And, and when we search outwardly for purpose, it, what we forget is that actually our meaning is inside of us. And because we're searching outward, we're actually searching, we're essentially walking away from where the problem, the solution to the problem is. Yeah, to you. totally, totally agree. I think most of my life, it's always, I've always looked for external factors. And maybe because I like grew up in this like adrenaline rush of a world, it was like, I just wasn't happy being in the still and the calm of life. I'm, I mean, I'm very, I'm okay being on my own. Like I can't, I, I enjoy my own company, but it was like, oh, there just has to be always be something going on for me to feel like I'm okay. And like, obviously I'm recently single and I've, I just feel like a different person because I've just stopped and gone, okay, so what's going on here? What's going on here? Um, and just kind of been working on myself a lot. And I'm quite a spiritual person. So I've been doing like, you know, like Reiki and energy balancing and just all these things that just kind of center me and, and, and make me think about 
hear more than what's going on out there. And so I do, quite you believe, do you believe in meditation? Yes. And do you believe in hypnotherapy? Um, I've never actually, oh, have I done hypnotherapy? Yeah, I do. I be, I'm quite open-minded. I think you don't know unless you try. <laughs> so uh, I'd, I'd love to do hypnotherapy, actually. I've done like regression. I've done oh, lots of different things. I, I, did, I did something recently where I'm going to get it for you just to show you. It's unusual for me to get up in the middle of a bloody podcast, but nonetheless, <laughs> I'm doing it anyway. Um, so I, I, I had uh, issues with uh, anxiety and depression and bipolar and, and, and big issues with that kind of stuff. And uh, you can tell everyone about how we met each other recently in a minute, but um, that's not what you see. And so the character that you see is a very different character to, to the real person. And people think I'm an extrovert and I'm, you know, um, I'm outwardly like that, but actually I'm an introvert and I'm, I'm, I'm happiest when I'm on my own, bizarrely, um, because there's nothing that can interfere with me. And, and so being, being around people, it's like, um, I don't know, it's like when the telly's on and there's a conversation taking place in the same room, okay. it, it, it doesn't annoy me. It makes, it makes my, either my blood boil, okay, or it makes me need to get out of that space really quickly. So let's say, I don't know, you came around for a cup of coffee and you were sat on the sofa next to me and we had Coronation Street on in the background because that's what Northerners watch. So we'll have Coronation Street in the background. <laughs> for the TV, darling. <laughs> <laughs> but if that was going on and we were talking, I wouldn't be able to talk to you. I'd have to say to you, can we turn the telly off? And if, yeah. but, but you might sit there going, what's he what's, what's on about? So... I recently invested in something that has, has really helped me and they're noise cancelling headphones. Okay. And it does, sounds a bit weird, yeah, because loads of people have these, but noise cancelling headphones, I can still make my phone calls if I want and stuff like that, literally remove all of the external noise. And so I sit there in a space just inside my head and it, and it calms me. Because I stay inside my head and I just calm down because I'm not getting, I'm not getting attacks of the senses in different directions. Does that make sense to you? That's really interesting because most people are terrified to be in their head, so they 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 that's why they don't mind the noise because it's a distraction from what needs to be truly focused on. Yeah, I understand what you mean by that, and I think that I think that if you don't have a structure to your life if you get up every day and you don't have you know something to focus on like like Michele Moroni the other day he was talking about his mum his mum his dad died when he was 15 and his mum brought him and his three sisters up and you know he's Michele earns lots of money right now he's very successful however his mum doesn't want to give up her cleaning job and I'm like mum you don't need to clean for goodness sake you know you don't need to work ever again and she's like yeah but I do and you might give me money or want to give me money or want to pay for my life, but I need it because it's my purpose. It's my community. It's my sense of well-being and the people I know. Um, yeah. And, and this sense that the kind of the structure with, that we have in our life, if we have a structure and we have a regimen, um, it can help, it can help keep away the anxiety and keep away the potential, you know, the doors of depression opening. And so for example, every day I wake up at 4.30, I go to the gym at 5.15 um, every single day. And people say, Oh, you wake up really early. And I'm like, I don't wake up really early. I do for you, but for me, that's when I wake up and I'm happy with that. But I then go and have to face a trainer 
and my trainer has structure and discipline. And I don't like the gym, trust me, but we have structure and discipline and order for an hour. And that hour then sets me up for the day because it gives me a pattern. And if I don't have that, I find my energy levels drop dramatically. And also sometimes my sense of purpose drops if I don't do that. Have you ever experienced that kind of stuff? Yeah, I use fitness to manage this because it just blows away the cobwebs. Um, and I just feel powerful. Like when I've done a workout, I'm like, right, let's go. Like, I'm just ready. It's it, like the blood's pumping, my brain's engaged, I'm focused. And I, I hate it when I'm not training. So I don't, I don't have like a, I don't get up. I'm not the, I'm not the morning person. <laughs> Um, I've just always struggled to get out of bed, but I mean, I do, I'm a lot better now because of my drinks, but, um, yeah, you need the routine. Like all them years when I felt bad, I didn't have structure. You were drifting. I was drifting, floating through life, not knowing where I was going from one day to the next. There was no target. There was no end goal. Now I have all these things in place and it's, it's exciting. Like I get up in the morning and I'm like, Ooh, what's going to happen today? You know, and I've got like my, you know, my strategies in place and like talking to my team and, and just surrounding myself by the right people as well. The pe people who vibrate on your level, who inspire you and raise you up. And it, you, you really do have to take charge of your life declutter it get rid of the dead wood and just like focus like just have a vision at, at 38 years old how many real friends do you have can you count them on one hand real friends yeah and but i've in, in the past 12 months i've got a lot of people who have come into my life who are fantastic um they're they're my friends, but they're more acquaintances. But like my friends who have who know me inside and out, who I can pick the phone up to. Three. <laughs> yeah. Three people. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. And so let's have a look at your career a little bit here because you you kind of you went through this everyone's jealous because you're the rock star and the superstar and they're not. And so you give, you live the life they live. You then go through this dark period of depression and anxiety. How, how did you move out of that space? How did you get from that darkness <clears throat> to the fantastic future, which you'll share with everybody shortly, but that I'm learning about right now, how, how did you get, what were the steps you took or what was, did you have a light bulb moment? Was there an epiphany? Was there, you know, I, I saw last year a lady that won the Slimmer of the Year Award in the UK and she was sat outside McDonald's eating a Big Mac. <clears throat> and she was in the car park, as many people do, eating away at her Big Macs, very overweight. And two lads came past on their mountain bikes and they threw their burgers in her face and they went, there you go, fatso. And in that moment, she was humiliated and shocked and devastated but thrown at me on stage over the years. People are strange. Um, I had a breakdown after the birth of my daughter. Um, like all my work was just, <laughs> there was no work. Every time in the music industry, when you have a child, 
it's like you, you, you're good for no one. Um, it's difficult anyway when you're trying, you know, with, with the men getting the work also. I had a breakdown. I was suffering anyway with, um, with depression. Um, I was in my kitchen one day and I was cu cutting something, some vegetables, or I can't quite remember what it was. This is a bit dark actually, but let's just go with it. Um, and I had a, an image of literally getting the knife and putting it on my wrist and enjoying it. And it scared the life out of me because it was almost like a euphoric feeling that come over me. And I was like, and I remember dropping it and going, and like my whole body just went into shock. And I, my, my partner at the time, I was like, I need help. I need help. I, and he took me to the hospital uh, and I was put under the um, care of the mental health team. I was treated at home. Uh, I was terrified because I thought, oh, they're going to take my children away from me because I'm gone mental. Um, but they, no, it wasn't like that at all. They were so nurturing. Um, I was just sent home and, and slept for maybe, it felt like a week. I wasn't sleeping. I was really stressed. Um, but that kind of breakdown, like the breakdown, I mean, I was a rock bottom. I cried and I cried. And it was like I purged 15 years of fear and, and, and self-hate and like feeling worthless and everything. It was just like, ugh. And I just cried and slept for almost a week. And then once I came out the other side of that, started um, speaking with um, like a counsellor, I did um, a very intensive, like 18 weeks of cognitive behavioral therapy. And at the end of that, it was like, oh, so like, this is it, it's the next chapter. So what am I gonna start writing? What do I wanna do? And those 18 weeks were figuring out what that was. And I came to the decision that I was gonna go back to college and, and just study beauty in some sense because I thought it would be just enjoyable, easy, not too stressful. I, I left school when I was 15, so I was a bit like, I don't know if you know if I could take a big, heavy course on. That, that one day in college every day was literally incredible. I got, it was like I had a sense of purpose. I had this new community of friends. Um, turns out I was really good at it. I loved all the exams, the anatomy, physiology, like my brain was working in a different way. Um, and I just, I just went into like, te like, te like, I wanted to learn everything. So I went on so many courses. I ended up training as a holistic therapist. I loved making people feel better. Even though I was going through a lot and figuring out who I was, people would come to me and have like a massage and they would tell me their problems. <laughs> They'd often like have a little cry and I'd be like, it's okay. And, you know, we talk, it'd be a really calm environment and, and they'd leave and they'd be like, thank you. Thank, and I'd be like, I did, I, I, I did, I helped someone today. And it was just the most incredible feeling. It was like, it's not about me, it's about them. I kind of got out of my own head and stopped being so, you know, psychoanalyzing everything, like overanalyzing it. It was like, no, just do this. It makes you feel good, help others. 
and that that was like five years ago and it's been a journey of helping other people and that's what i loved about my singing because when i got on stage and i you saw people and like for an hour an hour and a half nothing else mattered it was like they were happy i wasn't thinking about all the other crap that was going on in my life and the press and you know the stress it was just like it was just like the, a moment of we're all okay and that's what right i love right here right now in this yeah, living in the moment and that's what i learned with cognitive behavioral therapy that taught me to live in the moment and stop worrying about the things i can't <laughs> you know that have already happened and making these crazy ideas of what may happen it's like well you've got to be here yeah and that that was kind of when, was when, when did that happen so that was around that was in 2015 2015 and so for the last couple of years we'll talk about that let's talk about that now anyway you've gone on and you started to build a business yeah you, so, uh, you you came on the other day to a live that i was doing in a in a group a, a business accelerator group let's call it that uh, linkedin brilliance i think it's called and that's how you met you saw me jumping around like a crazy man in front of a whiteboard <laughs> i was like who is this guy i love his energy um you know i'm still working on myself people use LinkedIn every day, but for me, it's something I've never used. So I was like, I need a bit of confidence because I want to be able to approach people confidently because I am, you can tell, I like to talk, um, but I still get nervous. <laughs> um, so you were teaching us, uh, you were doing a, doing a lesson and I just thought, cause you're awesome. And I, I reached out and I was like, hey, nice to connect with you. And then you kind of looked into what I was doing and I, I've got a business that is based around exogenous ketones, which are basically ketones that you drink, you place into the body. But before you tell that, because I want to yeah. go on and do a bit before Okay, when you reached out to me and we spoke about ketones, I had no idea who you were. It was Ange said to me, you know that's the girl from Atomic Kitten? And I'm like, nope, don't think it is. And, uh, and, and that's how it started in terms of that. So I didn't know at first who, who on earth you were, um, but I was just grateful. So, I don't expect anyone to, to remember 20 years ago back in the world of pop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it was just, it was really nice to connect. And this is one thing I'm learning, like, you just have to, you've got to put yourself out there. Yeah. You really do. Yeah, you do. You do. And you, you're a bundle of energy too, by the way. So I think that when you've got people that have both got some positive vibes, then I, I think you find that it's, it's more open and it's, it, it's, it's more, more of a willing uh, relationship that starts and anyway so you saw this thing um, I then messaged you because I found out that you were doing ketones I'd heard about it didn't really understand it and before I know it you're on me like a bad rash giving me you're gonna do it okay no I'm joking <laughs> but you gave me some advice around it and you, and you gave me some suggestions and uh, and then some stranger knocked at my door and brought some to me felt like a bit of a drug deal I had to pay him in cash <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of times I've exchanged ketones for cash in a car park. <laughs> because, only because the company that I, I, like I work alongside, Prove It, 
they only launched in the UK in, and across Europe in, on the 1st of June. So I was importing these ketones into the UK and just, you know, and distributing them. And because for me, when I started drinking ketones, my life really changed. Like everything just went like this. Let's, so, let's talk about what ketones do, what they are. Let's explain to the, the layman out there. And that includes me, because I still don't really understand. I know that the chocolate one tastes like shit. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I know that the lemon and lime one tastes really good. And that's as far as I've got. So what do ketones do? <laughs> so most people have probably heard about the keto diet. So the keto diet is putting you into a state of ketosis. You're producing your own ketones. And ketones are a superior fuel for the body and the brain. So when we eat normally, when our carbs and protein breaks down, it, it, we break it down into glucose. In order for glucose to fuel the body, we need insulin. So insulin then transports the glucose to the brain, to the muscles, to give us you know, our energy. But a lot of us have our insulin impaired. So we won't get the necessary energy we need from our food. So with ketones, you don't need insulin. Ketones, if you're producing them with the diet, which by the way, is hell. <laughs> the ketogenic diet is manipulating your what you eat to 80% fat, good fat. 15% uh, protein, 5% carbs. You can't have any sugar, you can't have any fruit, you can't have a drink, a glass of wine, you can't have you know, bread, nothing, you can't have anything. And the minute you do, you're kicked out of ketosis. So it's not the lifestyle I like to live. Um, so it's basically all the benefits without the hassle. So we drink the exogenous ketones, they put the body into a state of ketosis between half hour and, 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 and an hour. And you go, like it lights up the brain, they're great for inflammation, um, they help with better mood, fat loss, focus, energy, sleep. We all need that, <laughs> all need all of those things. So for me, I, I stumbled across the product on social media and for, I just heard helps with mood or can help with a better mood. And I was like, well, I'm on antidepressants and I feel like crap. <laughs> um, I'm training as hard as I can, but I still have a really foggy brain. You know, I eat relatively well. Why not? I'm going to give it a go. How long ago did you start? 10 months ago. And so you were still on antidepressants 10 months ago? Yeah. Darling. Yeah. And I drank the ketones. Three days later, I woke up and it was like the noise in my head had just been, it was like someone had gone with the volume right down. And I just felt really calm, focused. I had lots of energy. My house was spotless. <laughs> I would literally go around like everything got kicked, like thrown out, all the rubbish decluttered. And then six days in was like, whoa. Like the, I just, it was like the, the fog had been lifted out of, out of my brain. I, it was insane. And I was like, I have to share this with everyone. I have to. Like, if this has done this to me in a week, obviously it will, it, it, it will vary person to person when they start kicking in for any underlying health issues you may have. But when it does happen, you're, it, it's an incredible, it's an incredible feeling. And now I've educated myself on ketones. 
just knowing, like having that reassurance that like when I was depressed, it was because my, my brain just wasn't getting what it needed. And now my brain does. So I'm actually growing older with a healthier brain, which I just love. Because obviously, normally as we get older, that starts to, to dwindle, you know, but no, it's getting stronger every day. Wow. That sounds like some, what's that limitless movie, doesn't it? Where you that's exactly what I was like. It was like limitless. I felt so powerful. And, and in the past 10 months, I've just got um, just such mental clarity, focus and energy and positivity. I just feel like I can do anything within. There'll, you know. there'll be people listening to this right now that are going, oh, wow, that sounds interesting. And then there'll be the, the bar humbugs out there because I've got some bar humbug listeners as well. So for those of you listeners that are Mr. Neggy Neggy or Mrs. Neggy Neggy Neggy, just to, <laughs> let's, let's do a little bit of the, the pros and cons, okay, as far as you know. You've talked a lot about the positives of these ketones. Are, are there any side effects? Um, so they can, be, you have, can have a bit of a detoxing effect on the gut at the beginning. So we do recommend starting on half a sachet. Is that a posh way of saying it would give you the diarrhea? <laughs> it'll clear you out but I don't think that's a bad thing I think that's a good thing you don't want to be holding on to all those toxins um but I want to just also say it was formulated by the American government like for super soldiers so for NASA astronauts for Navy SEALs to harness the power of ketones because they were having fits when they were pushing their body to the limit you know see, there's been so much research um, been put into this. It's backed by science. The world's leading scientists, naturopaths, doctors are saying ketones are the future. Um, I just, I, I'm excited. I love the science behind it. I'm not even going to pretend to be an expert. I am not. But what I do know is that I can connect people with the, with what they want to know about ketones. So the con, you might need to go the loo. And the pros is a better quality of life. Yesterday, gave me, when I took them yesterday, it gave, that was the first, first time I'd taken them and it gave me the shakes. Mm, so some so, people with the caffeine, so we have a caffeine version and a caffeine free. So sometimes if the caffeine, if you've taken the caffeine can make you feel a bit shaky. I personally didn't experience that. I know some people who have, but I did say to you, didn't I? Well, try the caffeine free today and you felt a lot better. And so, uh, Russell Brunson, I think, is coming to do with the ownership or the parent company of Prove It, and Prove It's an American brand, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Is, it so the is it a network marketing business? It is, yeah. So, I'm building a team of fabulous people, and we're just... What I love about what ketones just give you so much positivity. So, I'm, I'm working in a community of people, and we've, we're just all... You know, we're better parents. We're, we're not exhausted at the end of the day going, oh, you know, struggling to play with the kids or go running around with them how we used to feel before. Um, you know, way more patience. I, I've, I've, like, my patient, I'm, I'm like zen. <laughs> like, it really, really calmed me down. Um, you know, it really, yeah, really improved the quality of people's lives. People are go, getting fitter they're feeling more motivated they go in the gym they're eating less crap ketones balance the blood sugar so 
we're not, you know, our blood sugar's not peaking and dropping and reaching for rubbish food that you might find yourself reaching for. It's a no-brainer, really. Uh, how much does it cost to buy these satays? So in the UK, they work out round about seven pounds a sachet. Seven pounds a sachet. But you do get you have like rewards. You can get rewards from them as well. So you get like twenty two percent off if you sign up to a smart chip. You can earn free ketones as well by recommending them to other people. Okay, so if you're smart at recommending them, you get free supply of ketones. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting too. Are you enjoying it? I love it. You notice I really you talk. I'm watching you when you're talking. Your nonverbal communication with me when you talk about it uh, is is like you're jumping out at me. Your whole face changes when you talk about it. You just come alive. I love it because every day now, because I've been doing this for ten months, I've got someone either emailing me or messaging me or speaking to me, going, "Thank you for showing me that there's something else out there that doesn't take over your life." You know, it's not a big hardship to pour it into some water, shake it and go about your day. You're not having to change your diet. You can if you want to. It, it's so simple to, to just integrate into your life. And these pe people are, are like, thank you and just leading better lives. And I'm like, I haven't really done anything. I've just shared my passion. It's fantastic. That's great. So lastly... What's the future hold for the wonderful, beautiful single Natasha? <laughs> um, well, I am looking to start a new podcast. Yeah. So I'd like to, yeah, I'm going to look into starting up a, a podcast. Um, all just about mindset, motivation. Um, that's, that's exciting. Also wellness retreats. So I have a Facebook community called Live Better with Natasha. And I, I basically started that at the beginning of lockdown because when all my gigs started to be cancelled across Europe, I was pretty scared. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I just wanted to create a space where people could come in and feel supported. It's safe. And they could explore their physical, spiritual and mental wellness and well-being. So I know a lot of people, whether they're PTs, if they're mindset coaches, if they're spiritualists and they do chakra healings, I just brought everyone in. It's a free group. Like everyone contributes for free and help support people through a time where people were feeling pretty scared, pretty lost and pretty down. And that's gone from, that's been brilliant. So now I'd just like to make that more of an in-person um, experience so well live better wellness retreats that's what I'm currently planning do ketones make you a better mum yeah definitely my kids are like mum's cool <laughs> <laughs> no they're not no they, they never say that <laughs> well, maybe my daughter my daughter thinks I'm the coolest person on the planet she's like <laughs> awesome very beautiful so beautiful natasha i really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us today on the podcast and sharing your story and thanks for being open and honest if people want to follow you i'm sure that there's many ways they can do so i've seen different handles on instagram and stuff where would you direct people 
So you can come and connect with me either on LinkedIn, Natasha Hamilton, um, on Instagram, Natasha Hamilton. Um, yeah, or just come and join my community. It's called Live Better with Natasha in Facebook. Come, yeah. everything we've done, yeah, everything we've done over the past four months is on there. So you can tune into all the different meditations and lives and wonderful excellent stuff have you enjoyed being on the show i've loved it thank you so much for having me it's been lovely <laughs> so hopefully you enjoyed that episode natasha's lovely isn't she i love talking to people that are just open and honest and frank about their lives no airs no graces no ego no arrogance so it's always important to mention people that you partner with and partners for the podcast are Najahi events and Najahi tribe. Now, Najahi sounds like an unusual word, and it is, but it's Arabic for my success. And Najahi have brought some of the world leading public speakers, motivational speakers, inspirational leaders across to Dubai over the course of the years, and Abu Dhabi, mind you. And Najahi brought, I don't know, people like Tony Robbins, ever heard of him? Okay, Nick Vujicic, no arms, no legs, no worries. Lisa Nichols, Prince EA, Jay Shetty, uh, Alicia Keys, and people like this. And they bring them in and they run events. And from those events, we go and we learn from these incredible people. On top of that, they launched the Najahi tribe recently, where they have a collective of the world's greatest trainers that literally you can join, become a member of, take advantage of a training from all of these different people, like real experts in their field. I've got a sneaky suspicion I might be one of them as well. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully you will go and check them out for me because you enjoy these episodes of the podcast. And remember, it's always team effort and I can't do it without the support of these people. So go check out Najahi Events, N-A-J-A-H-I events.com. I'll see you soon.